Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Warren. So, this week on the podcast, we have Stephen Jones. Stephen is a writer and an actor based here in Dublin, and uh, you probably know Stephen best from his work on Red Rock, where he plays uh, the formidable Laserburn. Uh, Stephen is a smashing actor. He's also a brilliant writer. His play from Eden, uh, starring himself and Shauna Kerslake, is just uh, an absolutely beautiful play. He's also going to be in this Lime Tree Bower uh, at the Viking Theatre in Clontarf from May 29th to June 17th. It kicks off uh, at 8pm. I've seen that, uh, that show and that cast already, and it really is smashing I'd really recommend it it's got a great cast it's Stephen uh, it's Peter Daly uh, it's David Fennelly um, and it really really is brilliant it's by Conor McPherson who I would say is my favourite playwright I couldn't really recommend it anymore really uh, if you do have a chance to check it out please do Um, aside from that uh, it's a really fun episode thank you so much to Stephen for taking the time to do it also right up top I just want to give a little plug for Fix Me which is uh, my web series which uh, the first episode dropped uh, this week and people were so 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 kind including Stephen uh, actually for, for just retweeting it and I just it's massively appreciated because um, yeah I mean yeah we put it out there uh, hoping that people could get something out of it and when people share it just really in, uh, increases the chances of something like that happening so honestly from the bottom of my heart thank you so much for taking the time to do that it really does mean the world um, aside from that guys I'll give some shout outs at the end of the podcast for people who got in touch as I said it's a great way um, just to yeah let us know that you're listening and um, yeah just motivate us to keep uh, up with the episodes because when you get daily chats like this with Stephen it kind of makes it all worth while so guys uh, a massive thank you for listening a massive thank you to Stephen Jones and please do enjoy Stephen Jones playing personality bingo with Tom Moran Stephen Jones you're play personality bingo with Tom Moran Lovely, can't wait. All right, okay, let's do it. So um, I'll just give a little explainer. So it's 60 balls in here, yep. 60 minutes on the clock. I've got 60 questions in front of me. Okay. Uh, I've given you five numbers. I'm going to ask you to pick a six. But first of all, would you mind reading out what I've already given you? Okay, you've given me 17, mm-hmm. 39, okay. 51, yep. 48, right. and two. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a, a six number to add to that? Yes, it's unlucky for some. Number 13, which oh. is the day of the month. My nephew, my only nephew. As it was born, the 13th, Bobby. So there you go. Oh, amazing. Shout out to Bobby. Shout out to Bobby. Fan Shout of the away. show. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, amazing. So 13. Yeah, bold move. I don't think anyone has picked 13 yet. There we go. Right. So uh, I should warn you in advance that if you are to strike off all the 16 numbers within the 60 minutes, that means that you get to pick any question that you like. Okay. Turn it back on me, and I promise I'll give you an entirely truthful answer. Okay, very Wh- good. Whatever you want. Nice. I f- I'll be, I'm, I'm, <laughs> no one's done it yet. Okay, I should already, warn you. I, I'm feeling like... I'm feeling seventy-five percent. You know that we're gonna we're gonna hit all six here. Yeah. Okay. I I and I would be fascinated to see what question you would ask. So um, okay. not to build it up too much, but uh, but yeah. All right. Let's do it. Okay. So um, sixty minutes on the clock, and let's go. All right. First number right off the bat, we have number thirty-one, the opposite oh. of thirteen. <laughs> um. Okay. So number thirty-one, do you have it? No. Okay, you have a one and a three, not number 31, but the question is number 31. So, what is your relationship, if any, to the gym? To the gym? Uh, zero. Zilch. Right. Um, was very good this time last year. Went for about two months. Had uh, got a deal with a personal trainer for about 10 classes. Nice. And was like flying. And yeah. then they slapped me with a, so do you want to continue? I said, I'd love to, but I have to have a look at the prices. And they went, four and a half grand a year. 
what you keep doing what you're doing in a four person like intense you know three times a week thing and he went look you'd spend that on booze you'd spend it on smokes not that I smoke but you know like yeah. whatever your luxury is yeah and I just went nah not having it but, oh my god so no not not good not great yeah you are you are like a very good footballer yeah you used to play see that's the problem you yeah. get to your mid 20s I became an actor no more competitive football yeah not even f- like barely five aside we play a bit of five aside as you know yeah but uh, once that stopped and the drinking started yeah boom all of a sudden you're 31 and you're four stone heavier than no I'm not like massively massively overweight or anything like that no but it's like just out of shape yeah yeah but yeah, so what like what what kind of level of football did you play when you were younger? Uh, I played for Stella Maris, so it would have been like top two teams in the country, like yeah, ourselves and Belvedere were competing for leagues and. And where did where did you like what position did you play? Started off playing sweeper, yeah, and then moved to central midfield as I got older. So I played at kind of a decent level uh, as a late teenager when I didn't make it to England or anything like that, and then played um, Leinster senior for a couple of years in the kind of like maybe uh, third division. Right of it, but yeah. like still, still fairly decent level. Yeah, like, um, do you ever ha- my? <laughs> I think with this today, like my dream job as an actor would be if like the equivalent of Dream Team came back around. <laughs> you'd be good at that. Yeah, you'd be a Carl Fletcher. Type. I would love. Oh my god, yeah, 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 totally. Like Linda that show, Block. Linda Block. She was a sexy chairman's wife. Yeah, she was. There was a lot of them, and vi- <laughs> like, and like the storylines were outrageous. <laughs> Jumping off the stadium to like commit suicide in the kit. Oh god. Someone did that. They had a crazy goalkeeper, Vivian something. It was just outrageous. The problem with that was that I always knew what the score line was going to be in the storyline because I was I watched football so religiously. Yeah. That I knew who Hardchester were replacing. You know, yeah. when they showed the live footage, and I was like, "Well, that team didn't score in that match, so Hardchester can't score." Yeah. You know what I mean? So you found yeah. them out. Did, did, did I, I they use one season? Did they use Chelsea or like did they change it, it was up? Chelsea, Leicester, anyone who wore blue, who wore blue, they could make the purple. I think. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, it was a mad show. And um, do you remember the Irish character in the first season? No, who was it? Uh, I can't think of the actor's name now. He yeah. was actually actually he was in John Butler's movie The Stag. I lost John Butler his name. Oh. Really nice fella. But he was like, Hey, I'm I'm Connor McCarthy. I'm over from the north and he's you know, he goes over to the girl's house. It's the only thing I remember from the whole thing. Yeah. And he has like she feels in his pocket and it's like, Oh, what's this gonna be? And he takes out his toothbrush. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> you know? Nice. <laughs> the charm of the Irish kind of thing going in there in a nice British show. Yeah, absolutely. So bring your toothbrush with you, lads. That's my that, voice. That's the lesson from today's episode. Mm. Right, okay, we'll play one. Right. Let's see what else we got. Whoa, 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 whoa. Having technical issues with our new bingo machine. All right, number 24. No, not on my sheet. Okay, no worries. Number 24. Did you ever get detention in school? Yeah, once. And I mean, I was pretty, uh, pretty well behaved in school. I got detention once, totally. Uh, Wrong, I was totally wronged. I okay. was an innocent man. I okay. was an innocent man. Uh, yeah, one of the lads in my school, Kevin Kelly, I haven't seen him in years. He was only in my primary school. I don't know, he's in my secondary I don't know. Anyway, he, he had action figures or something, and he dropped them. And they're on the floor at the end of class. And I picked them up. And I was like, oh, look at this. I just found them. And they were like, you stole them from his bag, didn't you? And I was like, because he was crying. He was real crybat. Yeah. And I was like, uh, no, I didn't. But I got attention for it, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. But apart from that, don't think I ever was never really in trouble in school. Funny enough. Yeah. Um, what? Co- yeah. What kind of like were you? Uh, were you in a mixed school or always school? Mixed school, yeah. And mixed like, school. and I was, I was, um, what did I, I think I got the highest leaving cert for out of the lads and the third highest in my school. Whoa. But there was no such thing as like, there was no such thing as, like, um, our school was funny in that everyone kind of got along and there was no real huge divide between. You know, you're a SWAT and you're a nerd and you're a geek and you're a whatever, you know what I mean? Cabbage. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was kind of, kind of, um, everyone was, everyone was in it together. It was not quite a nice school, actually. Do you mind me asking what you got in your leaving, sir? I got uh, four seven five. That's great. Yeah, but I only needed three seven five. What did you go and do? Because I was doing arts okay. in the city. Yeah, yeah. So I knew I got. Uh, I knew I only needed. What did I need? Uh, yeah, I needed three seven five. I think arts was. Yeah. I think I got something like four seven five. And did you always know three seven five was going to be grand? Yeah, because I did. I did my mocks without really um, opening a book. Yeah. And got like three sixty or something. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll step this up a notch now. That's grand. Yeah. So what's the crack with um? This feels like such a basic bitch question coming from UCD, but UCD drama sock. Yeah. Did you, is that like what your background was before you came and like started working professionally and stuff? Yeah. So I. There didn't seems to be so many at all. Did you not? Not really. Not like not never was in drama class or like that as a teenager. Just got yeah. into it in drama sock because I was interested in writing. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, there's so many of people now that have come from drama sock, and I I think a huge part of it is just people. Um, influencing each other the lads that were in there and the girls that were in there before me that I started doing plays with who were a bit older they were like oh no we're going to try and get into drama school in London and mm. that just kind of became what everyone did like tried to do and the people that were younger than me then would see me saying oh no I'm going to try and be an actor Yeah, you know and then they were like okay maybe I'm good enough to do this as well yeah. so huge huge effect on each other like yeah, that's cool. Did you ever try and go to drama school in the UK or anything like that? Yeah, did. Got to the final round of uh, Lambda, didn't get in. Got really far with RADA. I have my rejection letter still in my scrapbook. I have huge scrapbooks at home. Right. So I have every single thing I've ever, ever done in acting. I have every program, every picture, every card, you know, good luck on the open night card, that's every class. ticket stub, every photograph, everything, every review, everything. And in the back of my first scrapbook is uh, my rejection letter from RADA. And I have this little cheesy note to myself. Yeah. About like, you know, this will be like... Yeah, totally. You know. That's, that's Proven deadly. wrong. That's fucking deadly. Yeah, yeah. That's it's good. I, like, I mean, it's really cheesy, but I kind of like that it is, so I don't mind telling people that. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, sometimes as an actor, you need to be like, you need something to get you going, whatever it is, even if it's just a placebo effect. So sometimes if you're feeling a bit down about something or, you know, it's, things aren't going the way you want, you just kind of go, right, well, this is my little movie moment, my little motivation, look in the back of the thing. Yeah, and, yeah. You know. That's yeah, great. Yeah. So, Love nice, that. Nice having those little things. Yeah, yeah, totally. All right, let's go again. Okay, number 21. No, oh, that was my second choice as well for my my, my number. But anyway. Okay, all right. Number 21. What's your opinion on Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Great fella. Yeah. Yeah, Why, like, you know, like, uh, he's a great story about being cut from his, whatever it was, the CFL team, Calgary Stampeders, whatever the hell they're called, and... They rang him back, said, "Look, you can come back if you want." And he went, "Nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into wrestling." Said to his dad, "Train me." Dad was like, "Worst decision of your life." No, train me. Comes in, is rubbish. He's a good guy. He's booed out the building. I used to be mad about professional wrestling, so that's why I know all this. Yeah, booed out the building. You're never gonna make it. And uh, all of a sudden, then becomes like one of the biggest names in the history of the business. Great entertainer. Yeah. And then he goes, "Yeah, I'll give up now. While I don't, uh, while my heart doesn't give in." Or I don't do anything stupid, and mm-hmm. I still have my health and my looks and my body. And he goes out and becomes the highest paid actor in Hollywood. It's incredible. All right, he's doing you know he's doing nonsense, but you know it, for what it is, for what he does, yeah, he's good at it. And I I've started to look at movies very differently in the last few years, especially being an actor because um, you never know who you're going to be working with. Number one, mm-hmm. but also the films that start a rock cater to a certain type of audience. So you can only judge it based on what it's trying to be. If an action, silly action movie is trying to be a silly action movie, that's all you you judge it by. Yeah. Um, the same as sometimes I'll recommend a more art house kind of movie to certain mates, and they'll go and see it, and they go, what the fuck was that? 
what were you talking about? Mm. You know what I mean? Rubbish. Yeah. Give give them a Jared Butler movie any day of the week. You know what I mean? So, The Rock, yeah. Yeah. Thumbs up for me. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like, his rise in, like, acting is unbelievable. Like, if he's in the movie, it's pretty much guaranteed to be a box office smash. Yeah, like. I genuinely think he is the highest paid. I think I heard that too, yeah. He's up there anyway, has to be. Yeah. Has to be top five. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, oh, you wonder how much someone like that is worth. Yeah, and I'd say he's smart. I'd say he's got his. It's like the, he's like Floyd, May, Floyd Mayweather in boxing. Yeah, he's got his. He's got his hands and all aspects of the of it. It's not just an actor's fee he's getting. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, true. Like, and even just like the fact, I think like even like even just the fact of the shape he's in. Obviously, he's like naturally like a big guy or whatever. Mm. But like, like that, like that must take some amount of work. Like, yeah, like you know, at one point there, you're gone. It has to be, has to be something else going on. Yeah, just working out. He was so big. Yeah. But he, I don't know. Even even he's doing that. Um, I was just seeing the posters for around the Zac Efron thing. Is it is it is it Baywatch? Baywatch, yeah. Like, because even like Zac Efron's like obviously like a movie star. He's like ripped mm. to bits, but like he's even beside the rock. Yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. He's just a monster. Yeah. I mean, it is a beautiful, beautiful poster. I just passed it in Cineworld earlier yeah. today, and it's just like you know, all these gorgeous people, giant cardboard cutout thing. And you're just going, yeah, I'm gonna go and see it. It's gonna be awful, and rep- I'm, I'm going, I'm going. My ticket's booked. Totally, yeah, yeah. That is the one thing weird thing about having that card, like the Cineworld card. So who doesn't know it's just a card that like you prepay for it pretty much, and then like you just walk into any film you want. So you kind of yeah. do you like feel that I feel the pressure to kind of go and see everything because it's like oh, well, I paid for it already. Yeah, well, I was at the cinema today. And I saw since I saw movie number seventy eight on my card. I mean, if you and I still have till October. Yeah. So if you see like twenty six, twenty seven, you've paid for it's it's your even money. I'm on film seventy eight, and that doesn't count premieres or films in different cinemas. That yeah. I've been to, you know what I mean? It's savage. So I've just seen a lot, and you learn a lot actually. I so uh, it, it's great actually because you don't you judge films less, prejudge films less. Yeah. I don't tend to read reviews or. Try, I try not I even watch trailers nowadays mm-hmm. you yeah know? so today I saw Lady Macbeth how is it and I had seen that I'd gotten a few five star reviews and stuff but I hadn't seen a trailer I didn't know what it was about I didn't know anything about it mm-hmm. I really liked it Yeah, it was, I really enjoyed it but it was great not really knowing what was what I was getting into mm. so yeah and so like for because um, like is it fair to say that you're best known for what would the thing you'd say you're best known for acting wise would it be Red Rock? Well, nowadays Red Rock, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like for people who don't know, you wrote a play called From Eden, yeah, which is deadly. I think I've seen, it, I think I've honestly seen it five times. <laughs> it's almost embarrassing. I just think it's brilliant. <laughs> I just, I just love it. But do you, do you have any like aspirate? Like, do you, have, do you have like, do you work on like screenplays or or that kind of thing? Like, do you use it? Um, yeah, well, I do. Yeah, um, my plan for this summer is to f- is to is working on a screenplay of an idea that's kind of been floated to certain people who are in the business and uh, and they think it's a good idea so it's just about finishing that off and trying to get money for it yeah you know um, and producers and stuff like that so yeah no definitely interested in writing a screenplay I think there's you have to kind of expand I'm always going to write theatre I think because I love it but you know financially and stuff like that yeah it's why not? If you if you think you can write, if you can write, if you're able to sit down and have the discipline to actually, you know, finish something, then I think you should try your hand at writing a screenplay or a TV series because people are there looking for it. It's not that unattainable. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, no, I was just curious because, like, mm. I've started, like, I've noticed myself doing that because, like, that I write as well. And it was just, like, it's so interesting when you're looking at, like, because I've had the experience of, like, I have a web series coming out this 
this month had the experience of like being in in an editing room for the first time and just being like noticing like every cut and they're like oh it's weird but then you look at films you're like oh wait no like it is just weird to cut from one thing another oh, yeah, yeah, but you know when it's your thing oh yeah everything feels weird and they're like oh no it just is weird for everybody but you're hyper hyper oh, yeah. hyper I had the exact same experience making my web series The Goo yeah um, and same thing in an editing room and go no no this doesn't look like what other things look like yeah. and then when you put it on a screen of course it does you know? yeah I so. know it's a weird one yeah. so I'm just curious alright cool let's go again okay. alright number 39 yes Oh, okay. All right. Okay, number three. I like the way you circle them. Yeah. That's nice. Most people scribble. I like the circle. I think it's 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 good. Okay, number 39. How do you feel about being the age you currently are? Yeah, happy with it. 31. Uh, 32 in November. Um, It's good. I feel like I'm, I'm I'm settled into my life. I had a really good time in my 20s. Um, I think it's it is a bit a little different than when you're in the arts. Like, it's a little bit different, Um, I think, in that... A lot of my friends who are muggles, uh, <laughs> i.e. not in the business that I'm in, you know, they're kind of, a lot of them are married and doing really well and houses and nine to five jobs and cars and, you know, thinking about babies and stuff like that. Whereas I'm I'm less like that. I'm more about just what's the next step career-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when you're an actor as well, a lot of your peers are all different ages. Yeah. You know, I have friends who are in their early 20s right up to friends who are in their 60s. Who are actors, you know? Yeah. Um. So age doesn't really become it. Just for me, it's more about, you know, how settled I am in my life. Yeah. And I feel like I had a great time in my twenties, but I'm also happy to be a little bit, feel like a little bit older and wiser. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? And just more, you know, as you get older, you like every every day you're just trying to be a little bit more comfortable in your own skin and all that. And I think you get to a certain point, you you stop caring about silly things. Yeah. And do you ever like? Like talking about people who aren't in the business and like who are like settling down and stuff. Like, do you have that thing where like you wake up someday and you're kind of like, ah, fuck, like that would be like, uh, like whatever that might be, whether it is like having a kid or it is getting married or like you know getting a mortgage, whatever it might be, things that are just a, that little bit harder in like because what we do is very like unpredictable. Yeah, I don't, I don't really, you know. Yeah. I used to think about it a little bit more, maybe like what would it be like, but then I, I kind of like the fact that. There's elements of of my friend's life that that I go, oh, that's really nice to have, but it's not for me, and and vice versa. They they enjoy what I do to talk about, and it's something interesting for them. Yeah. But they wouldn't swap their life, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's because my partner's in the business as well that, you know, she and I both understand what it is that we we kind of want, and I think that makes it a lot easier as well. I think if I was going out with somebody who wasn't an actor, then. Uh, maybe those pressures would be on me more mm-hmm. to make decisions about it, but it's not. Yeah, it's it's just about enjoying. Like I look at my life and I go, you know, um, doing reasonably well as an actor at the moment. I'm able to pay me rent from just doing that, and I've been able to go to the cinema seventy eight times since October. Like my mates who are <laughs> actors as well, but who, who have kids are going. I get once. I got to go once or twice a year. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get to go on holiday anytime I want, and you know, life is good. So I don't really think about age too much. Yeah, and. Being having a partner in the business, do you, like how do I phrase this question? Like it, I don't mean it in the way it sounds, but like, is there a competitiveness, or do you ever find like do you ever catch yourself? No, because you. What's great about I know the question. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I think that only can come in a relationship if you're like that would happen 
with somebody who's insecure in their career. Yeah. So they're just that will just be a deflection, or you'd be transferring your own shit onto that person. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't get the parts that that person can get. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh huh. And that's actually a big lesson. Anyway, forget relationships in general to actors. We're all we all suffer from it a little bit, but I've definitely, definitely, as I got older, stopped really caring about how well other people are doing. There's always going to be someone better looking than you, probably more talented than you, getting more work. There's probably going to be a lot of people who are not as talented as you, getting loads of work. Yeah. There's always going to be someone richer than you, sexier than you, more famous than you, and whatever. So I've stopped looking over the garden wall and gone, ah, that actor who sort of looks like me and is in all these American films and has this big American agent and English agent and blah, 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 blah. Why am I not them? Never think about that anymore. Yeah. Used to do it when I was younger. Never do it anymore. And what genuinely don't do it. Yeah. Um it's the only way you can it's the only way you can make it in the business like and keep your sanity. And what was was there one thing that switched? Like or like do you remember the moment where you're like, That's all bollocks, I don't need to do that? Or was it just a gradual thing? Just a, I think it was just a gradual thing. Again, it's just just losing my insecurities about myself as a performer and just um appreciating uh good work over you know how many followers on Twitter you have? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was very lucky to do a tour of um, Tom Murphy plays with Druid, and a lot of those actors, those guys, some of them have no interest in doing TV and film and being famous at all. Yeah. Zero. All they want to do is theatre, and watching their passion for the work, and that's what I found as well. I had done one or two plays just for the sake of work, mm. but it was totally unfulfilled by them. And I went, God, if I'm not interested in my work, what am I doing? So obviously you have to pay your bills and you're going to do certain gigs and blah blah blah. But I would never do a gig now, um, for a like for a substantial period of time that was going to make me miserable. Yeah, wouldn't do it. Have to be interested in the work, and that leads to you then actually caring about what you do. You become a better actor because you're not worried about the audience. That reaction will come later on. You're actually caring about being in rehearsal and talking about the work and doing the work. Yeah, and um. And I, yeah, even it even goes to f- lads who I will be in audition rooms against who are mostly my mates. If they get the gig, yeah, great for them. Mm. I'm, I'm really, I'm happy for them. So when it comes to your partner, you know, you're all I want is, you know, go and be a millionaire. And yeah. Don't run away. Don't run away. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I can open up my own little theater and I'll just do plays for the rest of my life. That great. all right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, nice man. Okay, cool. Um. Okay, here we go. Number twenty-eight. No, no. Okay, number 28. The question is, do you consider yourself good at keeping secrets? Yeah. I think if you, if someone came to me and said, don't say this, mm. no problem. Yeah. You know, no problem at all. Um, Because I don't like drama in my life. Yeah. As a, as a, you know, that <laughs> kind of drama. I don't like drama in my life. I think, we, you know, I probably had some, got myself into dramatic situations when I was younger. You know, whether it be relationships or friendships and all that, and I just think can't be arsed with it yeah. anymore. So if someone genuinely has something they want to tell me, I won't say it purely because, well, one, I think I'm a loyal person, but also don't need the drama. And even when people come to me, it's happened once or twice over the last few years. To be honest, it hasn't happened that often where mm-hmm. someone said, can I tell you something you can't tell anybody? Once or twice, and I'm kind of going, do you know what? I'm not going to say that because I want no part of it whatsoever. Yeah. I'm, uh, you know, you shouldn't even tell me. Yeah. So that's it. So I don't like gossip and I don't like drama. I like everybody to just kind of get along with no hassle. Hassle-free life. Yeah. Stress-free life. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, big time. That's kind of the dream, isn't it? Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay, let's go in. That's a weird question. My part. I kind of forgot that was there. <laughs> All right, number uh, number 36. No. Okay, number 36. Question is, <laughs> do you have any theories on the disappearance of Madeleine McCann? Oh, I think... Uh, don't think our parents did it. Okay. Because I think something beyond a reasonable doubt forensically and stuff would have been found. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a feeling that it's just that she's either wandered out of the apartment by herself somehow mm. and being snatched or she's just being snatched from the room and the case got so high profile that unfortunately she she's no longer around. Yeah. It's mad. Yeah. I'd say she might not even have made it out of Portugal. That was, that was really yeah, right, yeah, yeah. She might not even have made it out of Portugal. I think she she could be three miles from that apartment block yeah in the ground somewhere yeah it's crazy a lot of money's gone into it though and I, I don't think we'll ever really know what happened I think I I mean I know it's happened in the past and you never know every person in the world is different but I just think if they had over medicated her or done something um, I don't see how two parents come together and collude and spend and get people to spend millions and millions of pounds just to cover up their own uh, tracks you know I think I think you'd, you'd, you'd bring it forward as an accident you yeah. certainly wouldn't what are they trying to suggest that they, they would bury her, their own daughter in an unmarked grave in a foreign country and then go back and live in England and spend the next 10 years in the media trying to say that she we hope she's still out there just can't see it that's like yeah that's probably actually the best argument for that they nothing to do with it. I just can't see it, like, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know, I'm no kids, but I imagine if something happened like that, the last thing I would do is want to cover it up. I would just try and explain how the accident happened. And you know what? If I had accidentally killed someone like that, that I loved so much, you know, yeah. Do whatever you have to do to me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Accident or no accident. I yeah. wouldn't, how could I? I wouldn't want to get on with my life. Mm-hmm. So... They were very, very naive, I think. And I know it happens all over the world. Maybe that's just, you know, I mean, it sounds horrible to say one positive thing, but I know certainly everyone I know who has kids will never have themselves at a restaurant or a bar while their kids are out of Aisha. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's unreal. Like, cause I, I was only, it's funny that came up, like, it was only the other day, like, there's still articles about it, like, and it's, it's online, it's like a lot mm. of shite, but like, it's still in the main, like that, like that question, like, in theory should be absolute rubbish because it's like, that what like that must happen like well it's the ten year anniversary isn't it is it ten years is it it could well be like yeah it's like yeah. two thousand and seven probably is yeah 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 that's crazy that's what it was okay that's why it's back so prominently last week I think it was one of the days last week was the actual ten year anniversary of our gone missing it's mad it's just so, like I don't know like is there what is there a comparable story that stayed in the mainstream media like like of like one. Like it's really sad, but like at the end of the day, it's one person. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know you're. There was a girl in America who was found after eighteen years, J.C. Lee Dugard. Yeah, but I don't know in America whether she was. No, definitely not the same level. I don't think. Yeah, because um, like Americans wouldn't have a clue about Madeleine McCann. I wouldn't say. I think they do. Do they? I think I think it's all over the world. Yeah, really. It's just become that. It's she's just become unfortunately the poster girl for yeah. missing children everywhere, and it was the circumstances of the mystery that's around and the tabloid kind of stuff around it that that makes it I think everyone in the world knows about it yeah yeah, yeah it's crazy yeah. 
Anyway, off a book. Mm. Alright, here we go. Number 54. 54, no. Okay, number 54. Question is, do you have a nickname? Just Jonesy. Yeah. Um, it's funny when I hear you introduce yourself to people at football. Because, like, name's Stephen. Everyone calls me Jonesy. Don't introduce myself as Jonesy. Yeah, because I just think, like, it's... Even though Jonesy's not a crazy nickname or anything like that, it's just, you know, if you meet someone for the first time. Yeah. Especially at football, and they're kind of friends of friends, and you don't know if someone's going to be a bit of a poser or something like that. Yeah. Imagine, like, you know, all right, I'm bruiser. Yeah. You know, or, you know. Um, so yeah. it's, you know, so... That's, I just I just always introduce myself as Stephen and then say, look, all, everyone's going to call me Jonesy, so don't, you know, feel free to. Yeah. I think as a kid, I used to have a nickname um, that my mates, my good mates gave me when I was a little kid because I was like the Milky Bar kid. Oh, right. I was like blonde, pure white, like, mm. and they used to call me Ice Cream, which wasn't the worst thing in the world, but to me, that was the worst nickname ever. Right. I spent years trying to get rid of it. Why? Why did you hate it? Just Ice Cream Head, Ice Cream Cone Head. Okay. Hated it. Don't yeah. know why. Yeah. You know, like just just ice cream and then you you'd spend ages, you know, when you were eight or nine going, No, dads, don't tell anyone else outside their gang that, you know, he's calling me ice cream. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Call me ice man or something like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, call yeah. me ice ice man. Yeah. Um yeah, ice cream. No, I haven't really had any other nicknames. Bar Jonesy, it's like my dad's Jonesy, all my uncles are Jonesy, my brother's Jonesy. If you're a Jonesy, you're a Jonesy. Yeah. That's just nothing you can do about it. Just makes sense. Like Moran's a bit of a shit one because you get a lot of Moran. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah, and I yeah. was in. I always played as a like <laughs> I always played as a goalkeeper in school. And there was this one guy, I'll never forget him because he was just that like character in your school. And like unfortunate stuff just happened to him all the time. <laughs> Glenn, I won't say his second name, just on the off chance because he still lives in Dublin. So like right. the, anyway, and uh, Glenn, like Glenn was kind of kid who like wet himself on the bus and it would go streaming down the <laughs> corridor. You know, like stuff just right. happened to Glenn. And one day we're in like uh, like and I guys, we were all. We were like lined up. I think it was we were playing in Park Tolson. I think it was like our like coming a month school like final thing. It was like a big deal when you're like yeah, in the yeah. school. And we had our our, our names were on our jerseys for whatever reason. And it was um, maybe there's something else. But anyway, it was like Moran number one got his goalkeeper. And he goes here, Tom. Like, why are you the number one moron? <laughs> I just never forget it because it was just like I don't know where people laughing at me or laughing at him but whatever it was it was just the funniest yeah like a combination of both the funniest miscommunication yeah, there's nothing worse than getting slagged by the class cabbage like yeah they come out with a good one and you're the brunt of it yeah like oh no yeah like to be fair that was, that was excellent yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah yeah you got me there alright <laughs> okay uh, right so number three no okay number three tell us about a time when you laughed until you cried Laughed until I cried. Um, okay, let me see. Um, I should really post a video of this on Facebook, but he <laughs> might uh, he might kill me. My dad is a real Dublin da, you know? Yeah. And he has all his little sayings and all his little theories and all his little philosophies. Now, he's a very intelligent man. He's he's um, a qualified psychotherapist. Um, very interesting dude, uh, as well as being a butcher by trade all his life. Mm-hmm. Mad. And, That's cool. Um, but he is potentially one of the worst slash best slash worst joke tellers of all time and he has a joke he tells and it's the funniest thing in the world because it's if I told you the joke it's a long one so I won't do I won't bother telling you the joke but it's a terrible joke but when he tells it he cracks up every time can barely finish it it takes him about 25 minutes to tell but watching him this big tattooed grown man (laughs) cry weep like a baby telling the joke makes everyone crack up and anytime I have anyone new over to my folks house or anything like that 
even even if it's we've all heard it a million times yeah. I'll say ah oh, what's that one about the boxer again <laughs> and that'll be it but I do, anytime he tells it I'm on the floor laughing yeah and I got him I, got, I have a I filmed him telling it one day and he couldn't get to the end of it like you know <laughs> you serious yeah, yeah it's such a bad joke as well like it's yeah, yeah but yeah so watching my dad telling a joke would be the answer to that question do you know where he heard the joke I think he made it up are you serious I think he made it up honestly he, um, he went through a phase as a kid he always had these terrible jokes I went they can't be from the pub yeah because anytime I, anyone anytime I hear a joke in public it's usually a good one yeah because people are going oh no this is, this is, this is a winner here yeah and he'd come in with these terrible jokes and I'd be going are you making these up or is it just out full of banter that yeah. was funny back then do you know mm. the gist of this joke basically is that there's a boxer going in and every round he's getting the shit kicked out of him and he comes back to the corner and says and the trainer says he never laid a glove on you you're doing fantastic you're doing brilliant he never laid a glove on you and this goes on and on and on so repeat that for eight rounds right, <laughs> right. and then the fella comes back and says again, he's on the verge of getting knocked out he's getting punched pillar to post and he comes back and the trainer says you're doing beautiful you never laid a glove on you and the, the punchline is the boxer turns around and says well will someone keep an eye on the referee because someone's banging the head off me <laughs> that's, the, that's it right, yeah. right but you want to watch this man tell this joke <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, next time you're, you've ever over me house run like that now I will uh, oh, please. To do it. yeah, yeah I look we'll forward have to a, it a poker night or something like that when I bring the lads over to me folks cause. Jesus. but I haven't lived at home in years so yeah. but anytime the lads were over I can't do that yeah. we'll get Paul Jones on the show yeah, Paul Jones on the show. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's a that's a good one. Therapist Butcher is really cool. Yeah. That is a good combination. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. All right. Cool. Right. Uh, here we go. And uh, yeah, this is weird because it has the, the, this is this is new. We have new. so it spells bingo on on the thing. So it's either got a B and I and N. Oh yeah. A G or no. But uh, what we're looking at is number thirty-two. Thirty-two. Haven't got it. Okay. Number thirty-two. Question is how often? Oh yeah, that's weird. How often do you find yourself Facebook stalking ex-girlfriend or boyfriends to see what they're doing? Never, because uh, one ex-girlfriend is no longer a Facebook friend of mine. Um, one of them is, and then the only, one of them is not on Facebook, and the other, the two other ex-girlfriends I have that are on Facebook are Facebook friends of mine, and they've both kind of got a couple of kids and have very normal family-orientated lives. Yeah. So I don't really be going, oh, what's going on? And also, I'm going out with someone for over five years, so... Yeah, I'm not really. Uh, I've I've no real interest. Bar, hope you're getting on well. Yeah, with my exes, to be honest. Yeah, so it's it's quite it's quite a nice position to be in. Yeah, and I I think they've apart from if I do something like that's on TV or something, you'll get a message on Facebook saying you know congratulations uh-huh. or in your comment section or whatever. And apart from pleasantries of that, yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, I've no I've no no hassle. Yeah, which is good. What about the one that's not a Facebook friend? Was that to do with? How it ended? Um, you can cut this out if it's weird. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. This has gone back a number of years. Yeah, though. yeah. But yeah, yeah. It was kind of one of those bad ones where it's like, actually, you know what? Let's just. Yeah. Guns up. That's better. Sometimes things just like not. That's a weird thing about like. It worked out fine. I'm sure if I if I, if I saw them now, it'd be like, oh, weren't we weren't we very silly back then? Yeah, I know. Of course, but it's it's yeah. a, it's like a, but it's a weird thing when when um, when. When like someone's not like yeah, so just say you're in a relationship and it like ends and they're like not in your life and you don't see them anymore. But then like you see them on like the internet. Mm. Like, that's a weird thing. Yeah, that must be a weird thing if you have an ex boyfriend or girlfriend who is an actor or like in the public eye and they kind of come into your life that way as well. That's a weird, th- potentially. Weird oh yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say so. Yeah. I mean, I always think like, but then again, all the people that were in my life years ago were always very supportive of what I did. So they're actually 
they're really I think they're really happy for me now. Yeah. That it's going okay. Yeah. Like I mean it could go terribly next week and then all of a sudden it's over. Like they have probably notions that I'm, you know, making loads of money and stuff. But it's uh Yeah, I don't know. It's um it must be strange. The internet's a funny place now as well, isn't it? Like it's mm-hmm. it must be harder to actually get a sense of who somebody is without you know, I think you're better off not knowing someone on social media first. Yeah. And meeting them. Yeah. I don't know. I've been out of the dating game a long time. Mm-hmm. You tell me, Tom. I don't know. There's a lot of this online. See, online dating is such, it's actually ridiculous. Five years ago, was five and a half years ago was the last time I was single. And even then, online dating wasn't the norm that it is now. Yeah, it's weird. I don't, like, I don't, I've, I've never done like online, online dating, like as in. But I'm talking about like Tinder, Tinder. and stuff. Yeah, Tinder's that my own experience. That, I, that must have been only starting. Yeah. When I was single last, because I wasn't, I was never on it. Right, and if you were just say you were to be single, right next week, yeah, w- do you think you'd use it? Oh yeah, because I think I think like the way to do it now. You'd just go, yeah, Grant, yeah, this is the convenience of it. Yeah. It's and also, yeah. it'd probably be a novelty factor, as I'm sure my partner would if she was single. She'd yeah. be like, all right, I'll, uh, yeah, let's see what some, happens here. Some couples use it, as in not for like, yeah, not you know, like she asked me, she goes, "Have you got a Tinder profile?" And I was like. I was like no And I got real defensive I was like no I really don't And she was like no relax I was like no 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 And I was going like Well who'd be like, Who'd be who'd be desperate enough To use my photo As a kind of a cover Yeah So I had all these scenarios In my head where like Someone was pretending to be me Okay For I don't know why Like you know Yeah of course but She was like no 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 I'm only asking because My friend's boyfriend Has one But she knows about it And they go on together Yeah and exactly And just have a little Have a little like mess Because you think it's gas Yeah yeah, it's funny. That's weird couple bonding. That's weird. Although, then again, my single mates, I do try and nab their phone and go, give us a go of yeah. Tinder, or give us a go of plenty of fish, you know, to write silly messages. Yeah. Like, you know, we'll try and find, like, someone has a phone, I remember, like, grabbing my friend's phone, and uh, <laughs> and I think it was plenty of fish or something, one of those, yeah. and I went into all his chats, and was just, like, writing, like, weird shit, like, you know, yeah. the girl was wearing her Superman pajamas or something, and I was like, "I'll wear my Batman pajamas, and we'll." Have to, I don't know what I was saying, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's like, "Fuck off." You yeah, know? you're um, just potentially ruining like his future marriage. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, casually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Their happiness isn't important. Only yeah, mine is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, okay. Let's go again. Let's see number fourteen. Oh no. Okay, number fourteen. How do you feel about the word millennial? <sighs> yeah, grand. Like, if you can use it ironically. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? A few yeah. lads I know, well, one of them and his his crew did a very funny video, Dream Gun, called Millennials. Yeah. That was very funny. That's really good. But, um, do you know all this kind of crack voice of a generation and millennials and all this all this nonsense? Mm-hmm. I'm not into that. No. Um, it's very broad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know. It's like anything, isn't it? Like, we label, label things. Yeah. When I was a teenager, the kind of, you were, you know, there was the oddballs were the goths. And then it was like the hipsters, but then hipsters are fashionable. And then it's like, well, there's kind of, I don't, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Millennials are want now. They'll be people who are 25 now. Yeah. I I think I'm a millennial. I'm definitely millennial. You're a millennial. I'm yeah. 23. You're 20, yeah, you are then, yeah. Un, just until Thursday. Yeah. 24. Nice. Um, Still millennial. How do I feel about it? I don't, I don't know, because I'm not one, so I don't really care. Yeah. Did you have, did you have, did you have a nickname, like a, a group and name like that? Uh, no. Well, who who was Generation so. X? That actually maybe that was us. Then. Was that? Maybe that was us. Um, you're, you're not even that much older than me. You're like eight years. Eight, yeah. Um, but yeah, you're not a millennial. Yeah, I suppose then maybe maybe we are Generation X then. 
like you know, because I yeah, eighty five I was born, would have been yeah, would have been I would have been maybe a bit young for a Generation X. I always thought was like earlier. I thought that was all around like yeah, I think it could when, be too when it was grunge music and all. Maybe Nirvana you slipped in in the cracks. I don't know. I was the attitude era when of wrestling with Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock and D Generation X and all. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Have when we all listened to like, you know, silly bands like Limp Bizkit and um, and Britpop and you right. know, real mix of things like. Uh, uh, so like, so. And Eminem, I was like, I was Eminem's generation. Everyone had like, everyone was into Eminem when I was a teenager. Eminem was. And Oasis. Good. Eminem was great. Eminem was pretty yeah. Um, but yeah, like. Mad, mad, mad phases you go through music as well when you're a teenager. Are you glad, like, the, like, do you miss growing up, like, right in the like, by like a hair that you miss growing up in the middle of like internet age? Yeah, delighted. Yeah, chuffed with life because we actually fucking did things as teenagers. Yeah, and we had a slight bit more, I won't say innocence, but yeah, we just had more things to do. I mean, you have to remember that when I was like 21, 22. There was, like, we had no internet on our phones. My mum and dad always had problems with their internet connection, so I had to go to the, get, to use the internet. I had to be my mates across the road. And we'd go on to te- to check what girls were liking our Bebo posts. Yeah. Like, that was the that was it. It was just going, mm, what girl will I put in my top 16 on Bebo? That yeah. was the biggest social media dilemma I yeah. had. And life was a lot better for it. Yeah. It really was. Top 16s could be ruthless. They were ruthless. But do you know what? That was like, check it once a day. Yeah. What a thing. You know, you can't check your phone. Like, I know my phone's on whatever mode now for this hour. And I come off it and there'll be 60 notifications and 59 of them will be pure shy. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. You know, maybe all 60 of them. Yeah. 60's big, but that's like mental. You don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. All these kind of other, telling me about other people's lives. Uh-huh. Do you know? Yeah. Tom Moran just tweeted... Abigail Forrest. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, Well, that's very important. Well, Abigail Forrest is a good <laughs> name, actually, isn't it? Yeah. It kind of sounds like if you were trying to write a screenplay about Madeleine McCann and couldn't use her real name, you <laughs> <laughs> got her <laughs> Abigail <laughs> Forrest. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, happy to be happy to be a, a 90s teenager. Yeah. Yeah. Anything's good. All right, okay, we'll go again. See... This this is the opposite movement to the internet because you're just here playing bingo. Yeah, it's great. Of <laughs> Art of conversation. Of a Tuesday afternoon. I know. Well, that's the thing. That's why I think like long form like podcasts and stuff. Like even people will listen to like someone like Joe Rogan who's like three or four hours mm. a lot of the time. But people do. I know. Like okay, that's a, like an, a medium that like involves the internet. But like it is like people are thinking are just desperate for. Well, I remember I remember friends of mine who were doing podcast stuff on Radio Med and they went for a world record. And I remember just loving listening to them for 24 hours straight or two days straight, whatever it was. Yeah. Just chatting to people. Yeah. Just chatting. It's amazing. Like, you know, you, you break that barrier the first couple of minutes. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, I just like hearing people talk. Mm-hmm. So hopefully you people out there listening are enjoying this. Yeah. But it's, it's sometimes it is. It's just like having a chat with people. Like. And do you think, um, so I, I have this in my hand, but do you mm. think the like, again, this is a bit of an obvious question, but I'm curious of your thoughts on it, like of, say, Theatre, which obviously complete like in the sense that it's like something live happening mm. in a room that you're witnessing in that moment. It's quite opposite to the internet in in that way. It's I don't know. It's, there's just something that like it's kind of undeniably real about it because yeah. it's happening in front of you. Do you think that like the internet and all the like artificiality or whatever the word is that comes along with that 
will only be a positive for tier in the sense that tier like kind of by its nature has to run in the opposite direction to it yeah, I think so. I think it's funny, like, because people, I, I give out about the internet all the time, and yeah, I'm on it more than anybody, right? Because I understand, hopefully, from a business point of view, that look, this is how you're going to communicate with people and get people in to see you, so that you can hopefully go on and have a conversation. Like, but yeah, with the theater, it's like you need social media to get people interested because there's so much going on. But then you get them to the theater, and you're hoping that it's good enough that it, it, it can it can break them away from how we've been programmed yeah for a couple of hours yeah. and you're hoping that that is like will give people that old school sense of oh yeah this is what it's like to be able to go like just people in the movies can't even watch a movie without looking at their phones now mm-hmm. so it's the one last place the theatre yeah where people sort of know they can't be checking phones and stuff yeah and you're hoping that yeah that the that human connection that live connection will make will people go oh yeah this is this is good, isn't it? This yeah. is better than what what it is. So hopefully people get a little bit tired of always just being online. Totally. And you were talking about like working with some like the Druid actors and those you know people who, for example, mightn't have any interest in say like a film or TV or like mm. a Netflix mm. series, whatever that might be. Um, did you ever come across any? Uh, I don't know why I'm asking this question, but did you ever come across any instances where say a phone went off in the theater with like one of them? Like, I'm just going to use the word old school, like. Actors, right. um, like any weird dealings with it because it's always a weird. Well, thing. I never, yeah, I never, never. Uh, I was actually in the not personally like I mean phones go off and it's kind of you're kind of going you're rolling your eyes you know what I mean and you're kind of going oh come on lads yeah. you know. I was actually in the gate the night uh, Ray Fiennes was doing Fate Healer, and the phone went off and he kind of let someone have it a little bit. Really? And they made a kind of a gag at the end, but you know I think you can only do that if you're kind of yeah. Big did name. he come out of it for a second? Yeah, he did come out of it, yeah. yeah. And he, he said, uh, can you please turn off that fucking phone? Because he was doing a kind of a kind of a sort of a cockney accent in the play. Yeah. And he just kind of was back to his own voice, you know. Can, yeah. some, can you please, please turn off that fucking phone? And then it was like, thank you. I'll heal you later. Because <laughs> he was Faith Healer. Yeah. And uh, something like that. Some, yeah. I can't remember. Like someone who could have been there might be able to tell me. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a nuisance, all right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a nuisance. Yeah, it's a weird one. It's, it's weird. and it's, it's no matter how many times you say it, it still happens. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Um. So number twelve. No. Okay. Number twelve. If <laughs> if you had the opposite set of genitals for a day. Yeah. The first thing you do. Um. What would I do? I mean, I mean, there's an obvious answer, isn't there? There but is. I don't think that would be the first thing I'd do, to be honest. I think I'd be too, like, weary. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't want to break it. Yeah. I just, I wouldn't trust it. The opposite set of genitals. I really, honestly, I really do not know. I think I would probably sit in front of a mirror and just very, uh, this sounds so wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, no, I wouldn't. What I, ins- I, I don't want to say inspect it. I want to be. I want to. I want to say like. I want to say that it's like, in a very, uh, biologically, doctory, scientificy way. <laughs> okay. Go. Ah, okay. This is what it feels like. Uh huh. So I would be exploring without purely looking for some sort of opposite sexual gratification. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. I like it would be, I'm sure the experience of like peeing is pretty different. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I think you might have to deal with a period. It's entirely possible. Yeah, it is. I wouldn't be going like, I wouldn't be going straight for the, you know, 10 inch rubber dildo. Uh huh. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's yes. still, you're still, you know, that's still, <laughs> still could be quite awkward. Yeah, like, the question is, if you had for a day, so for, maybe not for within a day. The, in the first no, 12 hours. Well, yeah, yeah, in a day, yeah, maybe maybe I'd build up to it, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, that's entirely fair. I try and learn all the little tricks. I'd go, okay, that's that's what it is. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. There you go. You know, okay. So I'd be, I'd be, uh, I'd be giving it the old Christopher Columbus. <laughs> the Ferdinand Magellan. And um, I, we were talking about this earlier with someone. What, what, did you always, because I didn't, and I will hold my hands up, I did not know that girls had one hole for toilet time mm-hmm. and another hole for sexy time until I was, I think, about 20. Yeah, well... Yeah, the thing was that yeah, I was a bit younger than that now, and I knew. But the thing was that you had to get over the fact that you you couldn't insert your bits into everyone. Yeah, that's where lads made the mistake. So they knew, but right. they didn't know that. Yeah, and that's where they fell down on their. You know that thing when you're like fourteen or fifteen, and you're like. This is how much I know. Oh about, yes, yeah, yeah. About sex, lads. I'll tell you. They didn't read the terms. And, and there was always one of our mates who was wise, who absolutely knew everything, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. I went, no, no, no. You're lying. No, no. Honestly, I, I had it in all. I had it in every hole. Yeah. Like you know, you didn't. Okay. And here's why. Not only because. Yeah. You're 14 and things like that don't really happen to 14 year olds. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't anyway. Yeah. Um, you're also lying because you're. You're wrong. Yeah, I met her on holidays. Yeah, Wexford. No, yeah. you didn't. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I did. I I lied about. Um, I lied about. I met a Scottish girl named Michaela mm-hmm. in. Uh, Good name for a Scottish girl. I think so. Yeah. In Portugal, would have been around Madeleine McCann time as well. I say. Yeah. Nice. Don't look at me. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't me. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, number eighteen. Right. No. Okay. Eighteen. Still here. What's all right? I actually kind of was interested if this would come up. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this two part question. It's not, but just because you are. A man of many skills. What's the greatest lesson, first of all, you've learned about acting? Acting. Uh, again, could give you 10 different answers on 10 different days. Yeah. Um, you have to be interested in what you're doing, as I kind of touched on earlier. Mm-hmm. And I really like, to put it in a kind of a neat little phrase, I really liked Gabriel Byrne saying something on the Charlie Rose show about acting, which I thought was true. And he went, the more you do it, the more you realise that acting is not about being somebody else. It's about having the courage to be yourself, you know. Like, and I thought that was true, and I thought that's really great way of thinking about theatre and acting as, um, a, a coming together, a community, and a, or a communion between an audience and and an actor and an actor and themselves. Because, it's what's the word for it? It's like, um, is it an oxymoron? I don't know, mm. but it's by being yourself or trying to be yourself in a character that's totally not you mm. what you're essentially doing is finding the truth that we're all the same in our hopes and fears and dreams and our in our human nature and that's what theatre is about theatre is about the human experience Yeah. so we all have everything we have all those experiences in us in some way shape or form mm. and emotionally we have anyway Yeah. so we have to that's what it's about yeah. That's so that's that's something I think about a little bit mm-hmm. and try and 
and try and and, uh, and go even though like I've played some crazy kind of characters and stuff like that I'm not saying like in a big city comedy you're always kind of trying to be truthful and you're trying to play the truth but you're trying to you're you're bringing a certain part of yourself and a certain reality to it yeah all the time yeah 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 and especially in, in the more serious stuff you're you're not trying to you're trying to be yourself I think yeah um, I don't know it's weird makes yeah, no, sense in my head no it makes total sense and then from a writing perspective what is there is there a lesson? A lesson in the writing side of things. Uh, I don't think like there's any uh, kind of technical lessons that you can necessarily impart to people. Really, I think it's a funny thing happens if you're if you're if you want to write something. I think a very strange thing will happen to you if you have again the courage to just put it out there. You'd be amazed at people's reaction to something when they think it's truthful, mm-hmm. or you know what I mean. So, I think. It's about not being afraid to put yourself out there. And also, if you're writing a play, like I write plays, so when I write a play, I, I am really ruthless with it and I will ask every question that the most cynical audience member could ask of this mm-hmm. and go, don't believe that because of this. And if I can't prove to myself that it, that it would make sense to that person right? or it couldn't be ridiculed or laughed at or kind of like no that's bollocks that's that's no one would ever think that or say that yeah then i won't have it in yeah that's that's so like i i uh so removing yourself from your work when it's finished yeah and also but at the same time don't 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 give a fuck about the audience really you're writing it for yourself Mm -hmm. so that audience member i'm talking about is is the cynic in you yeah and uh yeah and if you're going to write something Get it out there. Yeah. Because you can get it out now so easily, you know, mm-hmm. any way, shape or form. Yeah, it like, I, I heard a really interesting thing recently and I was talking about, you know what I say, like, you know, like the, you were talking earlier, like the discipline, like sitting down and writing something uh, and like somebody like, that's writing every day, whatever that is for you, but it's like, they're like real discipline with writing is actually like, your favourite line, like is throwing it out if it actually, you're going out of your way to fit it in and like, I think that's like really important. Yeah, well, in From Eden, the one play you saw, yeah, I think there was the funniest section of the whole play. It was a great little story, which happened to my dad in real life. Um, uh, I'll tell you this little story. Yeah, please. All right. So my dad was on the way to. Uh, you won't mind me telling this. He was on the way to a weekend, kind of a course, uh, part of uh, after after his uh, he had his degree in psychotherapy and stuff. But it was part of this kind of training thing. He was kind of into this kind of spiritual. Um, holotropic breeding you can do all these things it's like you know you go into a hut and you you revert back into the womb and all this psychologically and all this like mad stuff right, right. so um, it's all kind of Native American vibe to it drumming and heavy breeding and you know really hot and huts you know these smoke huts or whatever they're called yeah 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 and um, so he was going out to this weekend course anyway down the country on, on this kind of buzz and there was this kind of spiritual woman who was over and they were told to bring, they had to bring like their own clothes, obviously, but bring clothes from the opposite sex because they were going to do this exercise with masculine and feminine sides and everybody and all this. They were also told to bring a bunch of fresh flowers and a packet of eggs, a box of eggs. Okay. Right? So no one knows what this is for, but my dad on the way down got all these things, Grant. So he arrives, they're all sitting in a circle, there's 20 people at it, and your one is there and she's very kind of hippy-dippy, mm. blah, 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 and says like, you know, can I, can I have a volunteer to go first? So my dad would be like myself, you know, he'd be extrovert, he'd see that 
if people weren't in their comfort zone, he'd always be the one. He'd he'd step up, no problem, right. and go look. No, yeah, yeah, I'll be the guinea pig here, no problem. And um, so your one says, "Did you bring the flowers?" I brought the flowers. Yeah, right. So he sits in the middle of the circle. Sit down there, Paul. And uh, she proceeds to bait the shite out of him with the flowers. Right. Okay. Fucking batters him right with the bleeding flowers. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's crazy. Going, what the fuck's going on here? And she goes, "Did you buy f- eggs fresh?" Yes, I did. Takes the eggs, right? They're all fresh, but that she starts rubbing the egg over his body, open all over him. The shell of the egg, yeah, right. And then she goes, "Bowl, please." One of the minions comes out with a fucking bowl, okay. right? She cracks the egg, black, the whole thing, pitch black. Takes a second one. They are fresh, Paul. You bought them. This is not a magic show. No, no, fucking hell, he's stunned. Does the same thing. Rubs it all over his body, up and down, up and down, blah blah. blah. Cracks it. Black takes a third one, cracks it without doing nothing. Perfect egg, just to show. So she she was all about cells and blah blah blah. Anyway, right? So right, right, you right. know, if from Eden there was a kind of a spiritual woman and there was a culty kind of vibe going on. Yeah, you know. So there was this whole thing had in it, but done in a kind of a humorous way. Yeah, and it was like really really funny and it read really well, but it was like it just didn't fit. Mm-hmm. And in conversation with the director and with Shauna who was in the play, uh, and I myself, I just thought, oh, it's it's a great story, but it's not in this play yeah and that was like one of those yeah I have a master's degree in creative writing so one thing I did learn from that was the very early was the notion that I will happily cut anything yeah even if I think it's the best line if it's not if it's not fitting it's it's making it sag no gone yeah gone's up yeah 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 it's weird as well like do you know like if you send someone something for like cause you know, like, I don't know if you do this when like when you write will you send something and ask for notes from someone you respect or do you tend to just keep it close? I, I tend to... See, another here's another a trap people fall into. They'll send it to someone they really they respect and they look for notes and then they'll take that as gospel. What you what you need to do is you need to send it to somebody with, the, with knowing what you're looking for from that person. So I will send it to a couple of people who I respect and I like their opinions, but I'm not looking for them. They might necessarily be writers. Mm-hmm. What I'm looking for is a specific thing this person has a, is is very good at sensing when something is bullshit in a play or is false. Mm. This person's very good at reading humour. This person will be able to see the subtext, whatever it is. So there'll be little things I will want. I will might send something to somebody who have a very, very good sense of humour and like the same stuff I like and I'll see if they found it funny. Mm. That type of thing. Mm-hmm. But I will definitely won't be sending to people going, tell me how to what I need to do to fix this play. Yeah. Necessarily. Mm-hmm. Because when you start taking advice, is great from the right people. Yeah. But then again, the best dramaturgs aren't won't give you do this, 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 and this. I yeah. think yeah. they'll offer up opinions and they'll be very left field and they'll come from different approaches about different thoughts about what's coming out of the play that mm. you've already written, not how to write it. Mm. So you have to be very careful who you send work to. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, yeah. Know what you're know what you're looking for feedback. Yeah. I think if you're being too general. Then you're worried about your work being too general. Yeah, it's really And all you're looking for is someone to say, It's brilliant as it is. Yeah. Yeah, send it to every yeah, that's ready to go. That's all you're looking for. Yeah. Which is so that's defeats the purpose of sending it in the first place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. it's really good. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. All right, let's keep going. I, I got you talking, you see. I haven't been giving you a fair chance to get the Oh, that's all right. There. No, I thought I'd have more. I thought I'd have more by now, but uh right. Number forty three. No. Okay, number forty three. Question is Why is your biggest downfall when it comes to being healthy? Uh, 
eating late at night yeah. and not making my own food. Takeaways. Yeah. Easy option. Yeah. Laziness. That's all it is. Yeah. Sheer laziness. When I am disciplined and I go and buy me stuff in advance, happily go without going to the chipper or whatever it is. Yeah. But especially being an actor, like, so I'll grab food now after interview, then I'm going on stage tonight. And afterwards, if I haven't eaten the right portion at the right time, I know that I just go, oh, you know, yeah. you go home at half ten. You're, you're hungry. You go, oh, have I got anything? To, have, I, have I stuff at home? Don't. Oh, lovely, just eat that, eh? Yeah. You know, or point after a show, and then it's like, oh, is anything just there? Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, it starts tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? So just laziness. Yeah. What do you have, do you have any rituals about like when you eat before or like what you eat or anything like that before going on stage? No, I try to eat. I I don't like to eat because I I don't I get I get um not any more nervous than anyone else, but I get uh, I get the butterflies early. So, uh, so I try not to eat. Like if I'm my shows at seven forty five or eight o'clock, you know, latest would be five o'clock. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I wouldn't eat anything heavy either. I'd be trying to eat like, I don't know, like even like last week I had maybe a Caesar salad with chicken and stuff. Or I'd have like, I had some, I had noodles and stuff like that. Or, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be eating like, I wouldn't be any, any shite then. Yeah, yeah, Like even sometimes you might even just grab like a, a chicken wrap or something like that. Yeah. But nothing like, nothing too mad. I don't like to be, I don't like to eat too. That's the other thing as well, because then you're not. You're eating at lunchtime, and if I if I eat lunchtime, I probably won't eat then mm-hmm. until after the show. Yeah, yeah. Like there, I know I had food before I came here, and I had like kind of a bit of tapas. I had a little few little wings and a potatoes bravas and a little uh, jacket potato type thing. Yeah. So that does me now. Like I'm not eating like until until tonight. Until tonight, but then again, then you're going. What am I going to eat tonight? At half ten. Yeah, I know. And I've nothing in my fridge. I yeah. don't think. Yeah, it's a weird one. But do you do you like? Uh, are you like a schedule like? Even like during like show weeks and stuff, do you like? Will you s- sleep in now more mornings after? Oh, uh, depends. Now like today, I had to get up and do a few bits, and then I went to the cinema and I thought, ah, oh, it's a nice day, get out there, yeah, and walk around a little bit. Um, yeah, no, show week depends. Again, I usually try and take my mind off things, so yeah. that's why I have this card for the cinema. I go to cinema all the time. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I find it's weird. I'm like, a, like no matter how many shows I do. And not how long it runs. I'm like a little kid sometimes. If I'm really enjoying the show, yeah, I wake up really early and I'm just like full of energy. That's class. Buzzing for it, like that's you know you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Do you get do you get like you were saying you get nervous for mm. um before going to say like anyone but like do you get would you find that going for like sh- shoot day say even for something like Red Rock which you were doing for like a good while would you get nervous? No, I don't think I've ever been nervous on the film set really? or TV set. Yeah. So it's it, you think it's just a live audience? It's just a live yeah, it's a live audience yeah. And it, well, like I mean, it's and it's it goes as soon as you walk on stage. I mean, it's you know you're in total control. Yeah. But it's just that yeah, it's just that live buzz. I'm just and you're you're just used to it. Whereas a a set is a lot more. I mean, there's a lot of time pressure. So actually, you should be a little bit more like oh, I have to get this. But it's a different medium. You relax yourself in a different way. It, you know that you're not under that live pressure. That if you make a mistake, it's okay. Yeah. You know, it's it's okay in the theatre as well. Yeah. But it's a different type of thing and you need that energy when you're doing a film, it's not that you're doing nothing. That's the big misconception people have about screen acting as well. Um it's not that you're doing nothing, but you're not energizing, you're not projecting your voice. Mm-hmm. So in theatre you actually need that adrenaline running through your body so that your your vocal energy and your your physical energy can be 
watchable. You know what I mean? Do you ever watch someone and you know they're not energized yeah. on, on a stage? Even if even if the job is to stand still, there's a way to be available with your body. If your body is not moving, even internally, yeah. if it's not the blood's not flowing, then you're the most boring thing to watch. Mm. Like theater is about what we what we what we hear as opposed to what we see actually. So it's kind of a little reverse what I was saying. But I mean obviously it's physically what we watch as well. But so if you're if you're if your your vocal energy is coming from your body and you're everywhere, your mm. core and you're there and it's there. So if you're if you're not you don't have vocal energy, you're not you're not gonna be interesting to listen to. Yeah. And then you're ultimately you're not gonna be interesting to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So does I think it all ties into what you need from your performance. Mm-hmm. So you need nerves. Yeah. If you're not nervous, you're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is true. Because where's your spark gonna come from? Yeah. Yeah, you need, like those yeah, those stakes are good. You know, you don't wanna be flat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. So yeah, it's an interesting one. I think it's also becomes part of a part of your routine. It's like you get yourself worked up a little bit mm-hmm. before you go on. Yeah. Because you're used to being nervous. Yeah. So you you're kinda going, Oh no, that's about time where your body kicks in, going, Oh yeah, now it's time to get nervous. Yeah. It never goes away. Yeah, yeah, and different nights are worse than others depending on what it is. Yeah, it's funny. Mm. I right, have time for one more question. Okay. So you're not gonna. Get I'm not gonna get it. You're not okay. gonna get it. I was supposed to even close one, one out of six. Uh, we might have done again. Do it again. Take two. <laughs> okay. All right, let's see what we get. Hopefully, we'll get you two. That'd be good. All right, okay. number twenty-five. No. Ah, shit. No. All right, well, that was a just complete failure on your part. <laughs> Don't know. Uh, <laughs> that was wrong. Here. All right, number uh, twenty-five. When was the last time you said a prayer? What an interesting question to finish on. All right. Um. This just goes back to the theatre. See, all my answers about theatre. I'm just the that's all right. Just the thing because that's the interesting thing about from Eden was like, like it was in that ballpark. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm an atheist. Yeah, and I've no uh, I've no belief beyond this realm. But uh, I think well, from Eden was about yeah. It was about what would happen if a guy like me, who was an atheist and didn't believe in anything, and was a big fan of reading like Christopher Hitchens and people like these guys. You know, and um, what would happen if I had an experience in my life whereby, you know, something happened and I had what I could only describe as a spiritual experience that I couldn't deny because mm. I felt it. I might know that it's not real, but I felt it. And so, therefore, is it, re- you know, so that's what I was trying to ask. And I was asking really a question about in the modern world where I think more and more people in Ireland are, are atheists. Anyone, everyone I know is. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, or certainly agnostic, or certainly you know not, you know, I don't, I don't think the numbers about uh, census numbers are correct about religion in Ireland anyway. Yeah, right. So, what, what is it? What is that? What do we have if we don't have that? Which is, I think, a lot of people's older traditions or people who have older beliefs would be their question. Mm-hmm. They would say, well, if we don't have God, we don't have spiritualism. What do we have? Like people always say to me, older people who might be believers will say, "Well, it's not terrible, sad to be an atheist," and you go, "No, it's actually you appreciate the ridiculous odds of you even being here." Anyway, different argument. Sure. But um, the girl who's in the play that I'm doing at the moment um, with me it kind of caught me whispering to myself the other day, and I had to turn to her because I, I think she heard what I said, and I was going, like, I'm, "I'm a total atheist," but before every show, I say the same thing to to I don't know into myself but to my my granddad who passed away years ago right so 
I'm asking, I'm just, I'm saying to him in the form of a prayer, I suppose. Mm. I'm phys- I'm asking somebody who's dead for certain things. Yeah. To go right. You know, three or four specific things to me. And, but I think that's me saying it to myself. Uh-huh. The same way in that I wouldn't be here without him, without my parents, without all my ancestors doing exactly what they did at the right time. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. So that's my version of the afterlife and that. Well, of course, my granddad is still around because he's in, he's in me and everyone else in the family that has come from him. Yeah. So, I think that's how that's how I pray. But I haven't prayed since in in the traditional sense. Yeah. Since I don't know when. But then again, you know, in hard times, sometimes you go, you know, you know, you just find yourself saying, "Yeah, God, something get me get us through this." You know. Yeah. I don't know. It can be anything. If someone is not well or if you're on a bumpy flight or, you know, you, yeah. you, re- you revert to going, I have not in control, something beyond me. Please help. Yeah, I think that they say but, that's the, the truest test of like 80s and if you're on a plane, it's going down, mm. does a little prayer come out? <laughs> well, I think, yeah, but I think, actually, I think, I think that's unfair because that's in a, a moment where you're totally, uh, you're not, your brain is not, there, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. I think a truer test would be if if you knew you were going to pass away. Yeah. And you're on your deathbed. Mhm. And someone said, "Okay, you're but you're going to go now, Stephen or Tom, you know what I mean?" Yeah. And then it would be I think that's a truer test. And like obviously that's a is a very hypothetical question because it's nearly almost impossible to put yourself in that place. Yeah. But could you see that happening for you? No, because I think that I would be I'm I'm with Stephen Fry on the on the whole thing yeah. of the what would you say to God? To God, yeah. Yeah. I don't think he'd want to meet me. Yeah. He let loose. Well, not let loose. Not let loose. But yeah, but I suppose I, there is there is things that are going that happen in the world and you kind of go, like, you know, you, 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 that's why we I suppose we were able to block them out because to actually take them in would be too hard, too painful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're very lucky here. We're very privileged. Yeah. To be to be here, number one, but also to be, to be in the part of the world that we are. Uh-huh. Like... And I know there was, I know there's, but I mean, here's the other thing. People say, well, Ireland, you know, has had its problems. We obviously had, 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 uh, you know, war of independence and civil war and famine and all that is terrible. And we had the trouble in the north and all that. And then you're going, didn't I, didn't I just read that in the last 25 or 30 years, more people have, more people have killed themselves in Ireland than died in the troubles in Northern Ireland. Really? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we've other things going on. But anyway, we're, we're, we're privileged to be where we are and that we're not. You know, we can sit here and do a podcast on a, on a sunny day in Dublin. Yeah. But um, I don't know. If I was on my deathbed, I would probably, I would probably still say that when I close my eyes, I'm gone. But if I had family and friends around me, yeah, I'd go. But I'm, I'd be, I will live on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Live forever. That's the Oasis would say. And this, yeah, and sure. Now that you're on the podcast, that's it. They I'm, can just d- recreate you. Yeah, we'll upload all this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got yeah. a good sense of you. Yeah. This. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actors are funny as well. Like you know, it just sounds terrible. Like. You know, you kind of go, oh, well, at least, at least, like, I have good stuff for my showreel that they'll play at my funeral. Like, they'll play, <laughs> I'll make it a theatrical event. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, it can be, a, they can do something special. Like, you know, won't go, won't go out with a, with a whimper. Like, you know, yeah. do something like. Absolutely. <laughs> just sounds very morbid, but. Yeah, I, I said it to someone before. Is like the darkest thing to do would be to like, if I was to like. Like being a singer, like to pre-record your own the song when they're carrying you down the <laughs> <laughs> on the way out. I'd want a host. I'd pre-record to be the host of my own funeral. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, and they'd be like classic Jonesy. Yeah, typical. 
yeah. long as this production. Yeah. <laughs> Four hours, 20 minutes of an interval. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, come here, man. Thank you so much yeah, for doing it. No problem. Um, is there anything that, uh, any social media, any any uh, gigs coming up? This is probably going to come out in like two two weeks. So is there anything that you want to plug? Uh, in two weeks' time, uh, I'll probably be in the Viking Theatre with this Lime Tree Barrow by Conor McPherson. But uh, give me a follow at one Steve Jones if you want. And uh, yeah, keep an eye out. I'll be on RTA later in the year on a new sitcom called Nowhere Fast. And I'll be in a new play in the Dublin Theatre Festival. But look, all these details will be available online. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Come on, thank you so much for all doing it. All right, thanks, Mel. Thanks. So guys, that was Stephen Jones playing Personality Bingo with Tom Moran. A massive thank you to Stephen for taking the time to do it. I really do appreciate it. He's so busy at the moment. He's got some uh, deadly stuff coming up also with Alison Spittle. Um, uh, got a show called Nowhere Fast. It's going to be coming out in RT really soon. Uh, Alison's also on the Heads of Podcast Network. Do check out her podcast. But of course, only after you've checked out every single episode uh, of Personality Bingo. But as I said, a huge thank you to Stephen for taking the time to do it. It was a really good chat uh, and I really, really enjoyed it and appreciate you taking the time to do it. So thank Thank you. Uh, also, uh, a quick shout out for uh, Ross Gaynor, who is uh, an actor uh, and a writer based in Dublin as well. Uh, he has a play on in, in the theatre upstairs at the moment, uh, just right above Lanigan's. Um, it's going to be it's opening uh, on Friday the 2nd, I believe. He's going to be on the show next week to talk all about it. But I just wanted to give it a little plug because uh, we're going to be coming out right in the middle of his run. But it might be really cool to check out the play, then listen to the episode, and just give you a little bit of background about who Ross is and what he is about. Because uh, I'd never met him before. We had a deadly chat. And... Um, yeah, I just think you get something out of it. Also, a massive shout out to Spud Murphy, uh, uh, another comedian. Uh, and I was on Hit Podcast this week, the Comedy Cast, and uh, you can check that out on iTunes and Spotify. All the details are on my Twitter at Timor93, and that was a deadly chat as well. So, all that housekeeping out of the way, uh, please do watch Fix Me on YouTube. Uh, check it out, uh, Squad Productions on Facebook. Uh, massively appreciate everyone who shared it. If you haven't shared it, I would really appreciate you doing so. It, it just makes such a difference. Uh, and if you've watched it and you have any comments feedback questions criticisms just want to tell me that my head looks stupid uh, I'm, 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 I'm all about it uh, so guys um, just the usual thank yous a huge thank you to the Heads of Podcast Network for having us to Alan and Paddy all the guys on the social media team their work is incredible and uh, it makes uh, my job so so fun and uh, joyful never use the word joyful about myself but uh, it does it's joyful uh, also a huge thank you to Connor Nolan for the artwork a massive thank you to Liam Moore and Anthony Manley for the team music thank you Taz Kelleher the boss man for producing editing and mixing the podcast and also uh, a huge thank you to you for listening you can check us out on Spotify Stitcher iTunes please do give us a rating a subscription uh, it's been really cool people coming up and just telling me they listen like on the street people who I kind of know of and then they go oh yeah I listen to your podcast that is awesome and um, it's really cool when people when people are listening and you don't know about it what's even cooler is when you do know about it so let us know tell a friend tell a friend that you listen to this cool podcast and maybe they'll like it um, and we'll keep making them for you so guys that's it uh, next week on the podcast as I said we're going to have Ross Gaynor on uh, and until then check out Fix Me Online and uh, yeah please do uh, well, sh- shit I just lost all my momentum I was just talking so fast I don't know what I meant to say uh, yeah yep yeah. Thanks uh, for listening to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Moore. What a mess. <laughs>